Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, Lord of mercy. All night, Sunday, Central. Alright, so I had to step out for a little bit and go to the time chamber that we actually do have right now. Go back to 2020 so that I can link back up with J5 and Cyrus for an episode of Spot Callers on RNC Radio that you will be hearing soon to discuss Brawl for All. So I left Jeff in 1998 as I went back to 2020 very briefly and came back in 1998. Why? Why not? Because something may be different next time you you come back to 2020. There's a lot of... A lot of Carmen Electra, a lot of crazy things going on. Please, God, don't tell me you did what I think you did. Oh, my God. A lot of crazy things. You see how she looked? You see how she looked on these episodes still? We saw we saw what she looked like for the right. brief moment of time that we actually did see her. When it comes to things like Carmen Electra and Dennis Rodman, brief moments of time end up being a theme here. But please tell me, as I went Ooh, to 2020 wee. and you went back Ooh, to wee. 1998, Ooh, that you did not fuck up anything with the butterfly effect i told you why we were here no comment man. fifth if we get back to 2020 and the world's even worse than it is right now i swear <laughs> to god uh, you know uh carmen gamage you know what i'm saying what you know what, I'm saying? Like, what if that no, said no no annulments man no annulments man what if that sends Dennis in a? I mean, as of right as of right now, Dennis is already. I'm sure he isn't the happiest with the news that we currently have. All right, come on, man. I, coming from uh, coming green. from North Korea, he might not be that. <laughs> that's not green. How's that? Oh green? man, that's his friend. You want to mention? You want to mention uh, Young Kim on this on this show, right? Young now? Kim. I'm not giving him a nickname. Young Kim. Kim like Kim like five years older than us. Is he for real? Yeah, he's like 35, 36. Holy sh- I didn't even know that. Yes, nigga. Straight well, up. I'm not gonna get into the details of why he is I'll, or I'll, is not here right now. But um we don't know. We we can't we can't talk about we can't speculate this type of stuff. Man. The whole podcast get blown up, man. Shit, TMZ can. Why why can't we? We're we're out here risking our lives, making sure that the world <laughs> doesn't get butterfly affected. TMZ gets to throw shit all over the place. Saying, why can't right? we throw shit all over the place? No, man, I'm not believing anything coming from that side until I see a body. Now, as we dive into RSPN Uncensored this week, of course, welcome back. I am still Mark, and he is still Jeff, and we are going to take on episodes three and four of The Last Dance. Hopefully, you watched last night because it was two involved, two very good episodes on the life and times of Dennis Rodman. Phil Jackson, and of course their backstories heading into everything that is happening with the 1998 Chicago Bulls as of right now is getting a little bit difficult to try and uh, take a look at the backstories as they start trying to sequence them in and, and yeah, segue. They're, they're, they're skipping years and different time frames. I just think they're trying to they're trying to re you know introduce us to these people that we look at as legendary. So I think it's 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 a good like way to bounce between years on years. Um, but it has been a little, you know, it's a little bit, it's a lot, it's a lot. I feel like, I feel like they could have, they could have tied it in possibly a little, a little bit different when it comes to tying into these, to these backstories and having it just a little bit more segmented. But again, this is probably, like I said, I I think they're just trying to make sure that like, we see them, you know, the time we were born to where we are, you know, right now we see them as, as icons, you know, like what they did, we know what they've accomplished. Now they're trying to retell this story. Uh, and reintroduce these people to us in a different in a different light. So I get it, but yeah, like you said, it it could have been done a little bit more cleaner. And before we actually get into both episodes, let's take a brief recap of what had happened last week in episodes one and two of The Last Dance. So episode one and episode two involve some backstories with Michael Jordan and most importantly, the backstory of what is going on before the NBA season starts for the Chicago Bulls. And we were introduced to Jerry Krause, who stays Jerry no what happens. Yeah, green-ass Jerry Krause, who stays no matter what happens. Phil Jackson is done here in Chicago, which leads all the different reporters in 1998 to ask Michael, what are you doing? Where are you going? And Michael is doing his best to make 100% sure, not with a lot of malice, which I, yeah. I actually ended up appreciating, but I'm about to say, if, that, if that should happen, you know, in 2020, you're getting different type of attitudes. I feel yeah, like. stop asking me that bullshit. Next question. What the fuck? <laughs> at, 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 this point, at this point, but you know, Michael kept things fairly calm and said, my answer is not changing. Phil's going, I'm gone. And yeah. that ends up being, 
uh, uh, the focal point of Michael Jordan. But unfortunately for Michael, we end up learning the different types of stories and the different types of circumstances that surround Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. We involve his contract. We see his contract, his status in the NBA as far as uh, uh, the amount that he actually gets paid. And we start seeing the frustration more in Scottie Pippen's face where he ends up getting injured in a positive area in his case because that gives him the opportunity to fall back a little bit and say that he can uh, rest himself. But in actuality, he is waiting to start discussing some contracts, a much better contract for Scottie Pippen as he is the sixth player on the Chicago Bulls as far as salary. So in a very pivotal area where the Chicago Bulls are getting ready for the sixth NBA championship, you lose the biggest teammate that Michael Jordan has had and that is admittedly out of his own words and of course i'm sure many others would agree yeah so we'll start losing things are getting a little bit odd but thankfully in episodes three and four you start seeing that michael has somebody else (coughs) to lean on and that's not in a negative type of connotation but you have a teammate that can hold things down as scotty pippen wants to start holding out and start getting a lot more money going forward in the rest of this NBA season. Scotty didn't really have too much to say as far as Phil Jackson leaving. He did not take the same stance as Michael and stated that if Phil's gone, I'm gone. But 100% wants to make sure that if he is going he to just stay to in any paid. form of fashion, yeah, I just want to get paid. paid. It wasn't really about Phil. I mean, I'm sure he didn't want Phil to go either, but. At that point in time, considering the type of money he was making and, you know, the market changing, I feel like if he would have said anything, it would have been easy to be like, okay, well then go ahead. I mean, you're not making that much bread. You know what I'm saying? His situation, he may just want to make sure his money's together and not focus on nothing else. Jordan can say whatever the fuck he want to say. Cause- yeah, he's left, he's left before. He can do it again. I'm, I'm sure right. if they win the NBA championship, it's 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 – Jordan is going to be able to make money regardless. Pippen's yeah, not making yeah, money. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm okay with, with um, Pippen's stance. So Scotty sits. We lose Pippen. The Bulls start losing. Michael's getting a little bit more frustrated. But now we start getting introduced to a teammate that he can hold down and make some wins with as the Chicago Bulls continue the rest of their season. So let's get on with episode three of The Last Dance. And uncensored, the most censored man in America, Howard Stern, take a back seat. The newest member of the NWO, Big Brah, you've definitely earned your colors, my friend. NWO, man, is your style for life, my friend. We can do a double team, triple team, but the NWO is the new team of the future. Sweet. <laughs> All right, so episode three of The Last Dance begins where one of the journalists are asking Dennis Rodman, how does it feel from the media reporting you as this crazy, wild, bombastic guy? And what episode three does is it gives a good, it does a good job of actually introducing you to how Dennis Rodman got to this point. Because Dennis Rodman was not drafted in the NBA to the Chicago Bulls, and you get this wild, hair-dying, nose-pierced, right. flamboyant type of character in the beginning and thankfully we get a very good road to how things ended up this way for dennis rodman but is that is that how you remember dennis growing up essentially yeah yeah i mean any any image i had of him was like you said the flamboyance the 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 tats the models the hair you know uh i mean i didn't have i thought he was cool as fuck personally you know yeah i don't remember it being anything with malice like you get people that are notorious but not anything that was like a dangerous type yeah it it didn't trip me out or anything i just thought he was cool dude i was like okay for sure you know um yeah one of the best rebounders ever but it's like yo i want they did really really well uh i guess making us understand him a little bit more, uh, making him seem more human, I guess, because at that point as a child, you know, when you do see him, yeah, you just think he's out of this world, you know, extremely flamboyant, a lot of personality, uh, doesn't give a fuck about, you know, it's just how he was, but uh, it did a really good job just making him seem like a normal human being and, uh, you know, showing us kind of exactly how he came up. And at this age, Dennis has done 
a lot of focusing on making sure again to focus on that human aspect. You yeah. don't get a lot of things that were very wild from Dennis Rahman as of as of right now, but it's crazy to look at the different types of clips that come from these in the late 1990s because again, this type of character wasn't very frequent when it comes to things that you saw in the NBA and the Duh. late 1990s when it came to these types of characters were not bro. the most kind, I will say. Oh, listen, listen, bro. Not even that, dog, but like you don't even find people like him today. Yeah. Like in 2020 in the league, like there's, I mean, I don't really know anybody who's like that expressive flamboyantly the way that, I mean, even today. So where it is more accepted, right. You know, the, the dyeing, the hair, the tattoos, whatever, it, you know, however you want to move piercings, yeah. whatever. I don't even, you don't even see that shit today. So uh, to me, I think that it was important that he did it. Although I do think that it's odd that like, we haven't really seen it pushed forward again. It's more like we've seen the attitude and like the hard body. And he has probably one of the best motors, like in NBA history, you know what I'm saying? Like and just, one of the most influential ones too. Yeah. Just straight, you know, straight hard worker, you know, high motor, like, so, but his actual visually, I don't really see a lot of the, you know, the flamboyant stuff like like he had it man yeah i think if that were to happen in 2020 again we're in a we're in an area it where things matter. are going to be a lot more accepting yeah, and nobody, it ends up just being nobody. something that's another day right yeah yeah absolutely i mean now it would have to be you know i feel like a star who we wouldn't see it coming like like if chris paul came with dyed hair and a, you know he changed his whole persona we'd be like oh that's that's weird <laughs> he'd be getting roasted immediately chris paul with that type of hair yeah, nose yeah, ring like, no, I'm, I'm first in line I'm first in line. But, you know, I'm just saying if a new player came in from college or whatever, G League, uh, and they were just super different, um, I feel like, yeah, we would we would probably hear open arms. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, do your thing. Now, we'll get more into the different types of news stories that came from Dennis Rodman as he transformed into this uh, uh, character, as he started getting closer to the Chicago Bulls. Great again. gimmick. Great gimmick, man. Great gimmick. True. This this was something that ended up building up throughout his career in the NBA. And we end up introducing episode three of The Last Dance, illustrating the importance that Rodman had to Michael Jordan at this point in time in November. Again, November starts circling around the area where Scottie Pippen is not interested in playing for the NBA until they get his contract right, and everything starts getting situated. So with Pippen sitting, Michael doesn't seem the most argumentative about it. They're 8-7 and seven in November, which is pretty fucking ugly compared to the fact that you were just 72-10 and 10 two years ago. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think they didn't get their seventh loss in the 1996-1997 season until months afterwards. So now they're 8-7 and seven in November. And Dennis Rodman quickly sees that he is starting to gain a lot more accountability as Scottie Pippen is gone. And thankfully, Rodman is more than willing to take yeah. the task and work yeah. with Michael Jordan to get things clean. Absolutely. Yeah, high motor, high intelligence on the court. That's what he was, man. So he was a dog, bro. He was a dog. I feel like I just I think because of like all the shenanigans, he just we don't we don't give him his flowers enough, you know, but watching this reminded me for sure. Like he's, you know, living legend. David Aldridge quoted him as being the best on ball defender that he has ever seen. Yeah, yeah at least in the past 30 years. Yeah. He didn't really go too deep in the 60s and 70s, but definitely the best on ball defender that he had <clears> seen <throat> in the past 30 years. Rodman had even stated that, you know, he was the person on the Chicago Bulls that wanted, well, he took a lot of the pain, but wanted it more than ever because he wanted to yeah. feel that hurt. He wanted to feel that pain of power forwards and centers elbowing him in the face, getting yeah. double teamed on rebounds. <laughs> that's that's what hit. made him so efficient <laughs> defensively. He didn't, he didn't, he doesn't care about any of that, you know, and I loved 100% all times. Speaking of that 100%, I loved seeing the different types of, clips that they had of Dennis Rodman literally it looks like superman in the air two <laughs> yeah. legs out yeah two not, what arms are you forward what are you supposed to do he's a big he's a big man yeah big. when that's he's when that's flying man. out for a rebound you cannot tackle if he's flat going directly to the rebound both big ass hands mm -hmm. there's nothing you can really do 
So you get a lot of clips with that of Dennis Rodman battling, battling in the Eastern Conference, battling in the Western Conference. We officially get Nick's clip number three, (laughs) which I was very happy about. That's hilarious. Real quick. Plus, that 91 Bulls jersey is hard. I don't care what nobody say. That 91 is hard as fuck. The The black one with the pinstripes? Man, look, just in general, the 91 on the Bulls. Oh, just, ha- just having a 91. Yeah, that exactly. That shit is hard as fuck. Like. I've taken that. I will admittedly say that that has been a big influence for me because going into a couple of my years within the past decade of my career, mm-hmm. definitely using 91, but not. 91 is more, hard. Yeah, more so of the fact that my 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 birthday is in 1991. Yeah, yeah. But having that high number. You know, I think there's a conversation to be had as far as it's people tough, that don't man. have many high numbers in the NBA anymore. There has to be yeah. a specific reason for that, right? You got to, you got to, I mean, I'm sure they may look at it as, you know, a lot of players, they play with, you know, certain chips. They may have never, they, they have been wearing the same number since they were, you know, 10, whatever. That, is, that is what it is. Yeah. I you think, I, yeah. Not, no not coach, I think no coach is given their, like, peewee kid number 91 88 you know? and be like yeah this is yeah. number 80 right i feel like robin was like man i'm about to be 91 like that shit it's just hard it just works man there's not a lot of numbers you see yet that are like unfamiliar that just works you know what i'm saying like i don't i'm not into like the zeros or like the whatever you know i mean it's cool but that 91 is something else yeah, that is definitely something that I did not think about. All those kids that I've been playing since they were little kids in Pee Wee, um, I think they go up to a specific number as far definitely. as as far as jersey numbers. It, so they it, want to keep their jersey number. Yeah, it's probably it probably don't go no higher than thirty. If I had to make a guess, makes more sense. I mean, I I truly love the ninety one. The ninety one is hard, bro. It's hard. Now, as we get next clip number three, unfortunately. The Miami <laughs> Heat end up being a clip in that as well. It's okay. And the Bulls are making some decent amount of strides. So eight <laughs> and seven ends up being cleaned up pretty well by the time that we get to January. And things are looking a little bit better. Jordan yeah. is looking a lot more comfortable. He has a number two as the Chicago Bulls try to make sure that they get back to the top of the Eastern Conference. Uh, Rodman's feeling good. Rodman is doing everything that he can to support this team but as we start getting the clips of that we start getting over to his childhood story all the way back to 1970 um and we start seeing some relationships that come from dennis rodman his family his household and he quickly went into the story of being uh, homeless at a certain point in time being Mm -hmm. kicked out being around a lot of his boys that were doing things that he was not doing specifically but definitely saw a lot throughout the relationships that, and the some of that may be cap. Some of that may be cap. But. You don't think so? You don't, oh, you 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 think he was? Because uh, I was watching. Um, I what was like, I watching I, the other day, bro? I mean, just look at his personality. Like he's an indulging per- Like you know, what I'm saying. Like you can tell he's he's just into things. I'm not. I don't. I'm not judging him for it. But you can tell. I'm, I think he likes to have a good time, regardless. You know what I'm saying? It's like. I mean, I feel like he may have been he may have been moving a little bit, man. Enjoy enjoying it, enjoying it. I can see it. Serving, I don't know. I from what from what I heard from Dennis, it seemed it seemed like he wasn't the type to be wasn't the type to be serving. But again, I could be wrong. He may not have been serving, but I feel like he may have been may have been enjoying a little something. something. Yeah, yeah, enjoying enjoying a little something. Is, you know, he, he's, he's got the per, he's got the personality traits for it, dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we seen we seen that from Jordan last week, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. But. Yeah. 1986 happens with the NBA draft. He ends up getting drafted, and a lot of the compliments that came from some of the NBA's best at that point in time, there were some quotes stating that he was the master of putting himself into position, and especially the legendary Chuck Daly when it came to dealing with Dennis Rodman being on the Detroit Pistons. He saw a lot of his work ethic. He saw a lot of different things from Rodman and said you know what at a certain point he just decided to let him go let him be free and let him play the way that he plays because it's hard to put a saddle on a Mustang yeah and again Dennis Rodman has a really huge motor when it comes to fighting for these types of rebounds fighting for these types of defensive plays that ended up making Detroit the name that they were in the late 80s yeah it's not that he's uncoachable but he has a unique set of talents that you just you gotta let him flourish. You like you gotta let him play how he wants to play. Mm-hmm. You can't box him. You can't box him in because just like his personality is loud, his game is as well. So that high motor, I say that a lot. You know, having a high motor in football or basketball, it can it can. I mean, it could take you 
to have a great career just because you won't stop. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter what kind of season you're having or injury. They, those type of players, they always come back from injury properly. You know, they don't let shit hold them back. And he's he's just one of those guys, man. Just high mode. He's going to play hard every time. Now, as we see Chuck Daly, we should already know what that means. We get introduced to some characters that NBA fans are very used to and accustomed to. When it comes to discussing the late 80s, we have Isaiah Thomas. Catman, apparently. We have John Sally. John Sally, a.k.a. Uh, Disney Channel original dad. On every channel, was it you said on on, hey, on every single Disney seen, seen, Disney show? <laughs> I didn't see look look. I didn't see Sally play. I feel like he was at least two or three Disney Channel originals where he was just the pops. Remember that Christmas joint where it like it uh it snowed in L.A. Um, snowed in the suburbs. Like it snowed in the suburbs. And he and he was one of the he was one of Santa's elves. If anybody remembers, please tell us, because I cannot remember please, it all. Please. I cannot remember it all. Just tweet us. It happened. But when it comes to Isaiah Thomas and the Detroit Pistons, you know we're getting some, uh, what's the best terminology for this? Is it eye-rolling quotes? For Michael Jordan, it was eye-rolling quotes. But you definitely get some interesting quotes when it comes to the bad boys era of the Detroit Pistons in the late 80s. But at certain points, it felt like they were telling the truth in certain areas because Isaiah made sure that people knew that the bad boys were essentially crashing the party of beautiful yeah. 1980s basketball. They did not get covered the way that Magic Johnson and the Lakers did. They did not get covered yeah. the way that Larry Bird and the Boston Celtics did. That decade ended up being shaped and christened over that rivalry between Bird and Magic. And a lot of that not only saved the NBA in general, but it made the sport look a lot more beautiful than it did in the 1970s where the NBA was dealing with a lot of different issues when it came to their league. Now, the Detroit Pistons did not play as beautiful as, as Magic throwing things behind the back and, and throwing showtime passes all over the place to Kareem and James Worthy and all they that. You didn't have rough, the beautiful though. things with Bird and McHale and Robert Parrish out in Boston. These Detroit Pistons were ready to fuck you up and were yeah. very happy at that point they in time. They're going to throw their body at you. You know, you going, there's going to be fouls that aren't fouls. Literally close fouls lines. That are fouls. Yeah, it's like, yo, I mean, I think – we respect it because it was rough, but at the same time, it's like, bro, y'all not even y'all got a hoop. And because of this, it ends up being one of the biggest, if not the biggest, challenge for Michael Jordan at this point in his career. But Jordan doesn't know it yet. He is going to be introduced in the next couple of years to jobbing to the Detroit Pistons over and over and over oh, again. But as of right now, still very young, Bulls still in a certain position where they need just a little bit of help. We left Jordan on last week's episode losing to the 86 Celtics, but you get the cool quote from Bird, you get the cool quote from Magic stating that this is going to be Jordan's league very soon. But how do we get to that certain point? After a while, Jerry Krause ends up bringing in head coach Doug Collins to assist the Chicago Bulls in getting to the area that they want to get to, which is... At first, the Eastern Conference Finals, because the Chicago Bulls have not seen that type of status as of yet for the past, what was it, 10, 15 years? Yeah, so yeah. They want to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals and at least fight for a chance to get an NBA championship. But they don't have it as of yet. And Doug Collins is supposed to be the help to try and get them over that hump. Now, in episode three, they made it look like Doug Collins was like this cool little substitute teacher, because as soon as the news was announced, you see some casino talk. You see some cards. Yep. Might have seen some cigars or two. And we get Jordan in it his time. It was time in and his I, area. And his I space. still need more. And I still need more. I feel like that will come hopefully in the in the next episodes to come. But we get a little bit of we get we're getting we're getting a, a tiny amount of previews of see, Jordan with those cigars. Here's what I here's what I I think that they they're doing. I think they're giving us you know the. The characters on the side, you know, they, they're building up the plot a little bit and then we'll definitely get a lot of Jordan. I just think they want to make sure that, you know, we get everyone who was a part of this journey, a part of this this championship. They want to make sure everybody's accounted for it before we go straight into Jordan and they just feeding us little things that we know we want. You know? I just hope they don't save it all the way to episode nine and episode 10. Right, right. Yeah, that's real. Now we get next clip number four. Let's hit the sound for number four as Jordan holds down 
Collins for his first win. Doug Collins was very, very nervous, very worried. What did Jordan tell him? He was like, uh, what, do you, what do you say? The man said his gum done dried up around his mouth. Oh, yeah. He was like, he was like get the gum gross, off your bro. face. He was like, get Collins, the face. Collins was chewing that gum so hard. He's like, man, wipe that damn gum off your face. Nigga. I, got, I got this. Swap. Whap. Bap. Dap. Yep. And, and now the Knicks, and then and then the Knicks are wiped off. Doug Collins gets his first win. But within those Knicks. few months, you start seeing the relationship build between Doug Collins and Michael Jordan as we start getting some hardware under Jordan's name. He gets mm-hmm. the MVP, he gets the all-star MVP. Yeah, he wins the dunk contest, yeah. and he gets the defensive player of the year all under Doug Collins. So you start getting some crazy. hardware. It's crazy, nigga. Yeah, all that in one season. That's crazy, dog. A lot of the offense from Doug Collins ended up being uh, admittedly an area where he wanted to get the ball to Michael Jordan and everybody get the fuck out of the way in certain aspects. Yeah. But it ended, up, it ended up working for the Bulls and Jordan uh, for certain amounts of time. We end up getting introduced to the 1989 first round of the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Chicago Bulls, which ends up being one of Michael Jordan's biggest stories in his career. And... Definitely the biggest story for Michael Jordan at that point in time. Michael was a little bit worried because the Cavs were up 6-0 in the regular season, uh, but now they have a five-round series to try and knock the Cleveland Cavaliers out. They end up being 2-2 two and two as they go into game five on Cleveland's home floor. Mm. We heard from Michael Wilbon stating that there were not many reporters that were in Chicago's corner, I guess you could say, when it comes to beating the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Jordan took a lot of that and stated specifically before game five that he wanted to shut up the reporter that said they were going to get swept. He wanted to shut up the reporter that also called for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he wanted to shut up one final reporter in this game Five ends up being a pretty epic game up until the final seconds where the Cleveland Cavaliers end up scoring. And there are only a few seconds left for the Bulls to try and clean this up before they are eliminated out of the NBA playoffs in early fashion once again, which Bulls fans were being very, very accustomed to at that point in time. They called out the fact specifically from Ron Harper that Craig Elo being on Michael Jordan for those last couple of seconds was a mistake in his eyes. He was very pissed because he wanted to be the one that locks up Michael Jordan in that epic, epic shot that wins the Chicago Bulls this series as we get one of my most favorite (laughs) call-outs. And it goes, here's Michael at the foul line. I shot on Elo. God, Bulls win! Bulls win! They win! You see Doug Collins going crazy all over the floor, running around. Jordan is telling everybody, get the fuck off the court. You see the fist swung in the mm-hmm. air. We see it damn near every year when it comes to the NBA. It's one of the biggest shots in our league. Yep. And they they, just did, a, they just did a great job of making it epic because that's one of the few things that I remember a whole lot from my childhood of wanting to learn everything possible about Michael Jordan. So the Bulls clean that up. They beat the Knicks. Yes, to go to the Eastern Conference Finals once again, but then they get banged by the Jordan rules uh-huh. in six games. That's it. So 1988, they lose in the second round to the Pistons, uh-huh. losing five. Heartbreak. And in, and in the 1989 Eastern Conference Finals, you get banged by the Pistons. It wasn't a sweep, but a very physical still, type of bro. season. It's still the, yeah, still the Pistons. To get eliminated in six games. Now... I have not heard too much on the actual Jordan rules and what they were specifically. So I did like that the assistant coach, Brendan Malone, specifically started calling out what the Jordan rules were. And I thought it was a pretty good insight. No, you it's, push, it's something that I needed to know. So you push Michael Jordan all the way to the elbow. If that ends up failing, you try and influence his hand to his left hand. His right is going to be his dominant. Try and influence his hand to the left. Once that happens, if he's driving, you trap him because you want 100% no baseline. You and I already right. know what's happening once yeah, Michael Jordan goes baseline. It's yeah, over. Yeah. It's either a, a complete embarrassing facial or he's going to try and fly all over the place and do crazy layups over you. So the biggest part when it came to Bill Lambeer 
when it came to those huge bodies that were out in Detroit was to keep Air Jordan on the ground. Period. That's what you, I mean, that's it. And that was it. John Sally was very happy because he had a quote that made me raise my eyebrows a little bit. He was like, oh, the refs were making sure the Savior was okay. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, man. The refs weren't making sure the Savior was okay, which I'm sure is some form of shot to what is going on as of right now. But it was Jordan did not get a lot of luck, did not get a lot of calls in that certain point in time because he ended up getting banged a lot. And the Bulls end up losing in six games, a series that was heavily influenced by not only Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambeer, Rick Mahorn, those names that were keeping Jordan on the ground, but also Dennis Rodman. The fiery player that we ended up seeing in the beginning of this episode ends up being the fiery player that you see up against Scottie Pippen. I don't know if we saw too many of them up against Michael Jordan. We no, yeah. You saw that his influence was very specific in this episode. Now, we forward that from 1989 and 1990 as the Detroit Pistons win their two NBA championships all the way to 1993, where we see Rodman riding around with uh He's riding around with that thing, man. Yeah, he's riding around with a little, 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 little thing, a little bit, you know? Those other hey, things were going around in Michigan with Fab Five. You saw the the, the yeah. controversy that came with Jalen Rose in the crack house. Rob Robin's riding around with a little, 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 little something. Huh? That thing on him, man. Huh? And he doesn't really he doesn't really go into too much detail. No need. With that, the head no coach need. at that time, Ron Rothstein, was just happy to have Rodman back at that time because it wasn't really positive what was going on with all of that. But unfortunately for Dennis Rodman, that ends up being unfortunate for him because he ends up getting traded to the San Antonio Spurs. Mm. So he's out of Detroit, is now in San Antonio, and didn't really seem the happiest with that. And we start seeing a little bit of the first pieces of backlash from Dennis do you, Rodman. Do you, need, do you need the strap? You need the, uh, the heat in San Antonio? Shit, yeah, I don't know. San Antonio, you gotta, you gotta ask Sean Michaels about that. You gotta ask Sean Michaels about that. Do you need the tooling in San Antonio? I have no idea, but the backlash that came from Dennis Rodman ends up being something that is not, again, not, not anything that is hugely controversial, but <clears throat> he acts out a little bit in his own way. Gets a little bit yeah. of a blonde mohawk. No, nah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like there are some things that, like, you know, he's gonna ask for, he's asking for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not gonna get away from that. But I think he he wants to stand out, man. He's like, "Fuck it, y'all gonna send me here? I'm gonna wild out." Yeah, just getting a little bit more vocal. I'm gonna turn up a little bit. Starts want to color color his hair a little bit, and he starts getting the attention of Madonna. Hey, man, I don't know, like whatever he was on, bro. Whatever he was on, man. I need to know the cologne he had at that time to get the man, attention of Madonna. Madonna, bro, getting the attention of a Madonna at that time. I mean, shit, 90, 94 Madonna. On, what was out? What was out at that point? Come so ninety three out of ninety three. That um, she Mark didn't drop bedtime Madonna, stories bro. yet. Madonna, bedtime bro. stories ain't out yet. So okay. so so Babyface has not written the classic to take a bow as of yet, or maybe or maybe he's starting to get to get close to it. But 94, 95, uh it's Madonna, it's, bro. Yeah, it's uh, it's like Here okay, you fuck, you fuck Kane. Um, what was the thing with Rocky? It was like Madonna fought Pop. So now, so now is um, so now you got, so now you got Rodman, and in that you start getting the man that comes from the iconic Dennis Rodman. Now, as things don't end up very well in San Antonio, he leaves David Robinson's area and starts getting into some meetings with Phil Jackson. The first meeting with Phil Jackson was terrible, but after a while, as they start getting him. A little bit more comfortable, and Jerry Krause starts ended up working some things. He fits one hundred percent perfect in the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. I I love their 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 friendship. You know uh, the stuff Phil was describing and the things that they were kind of had in common. The Native American stuff was really dope. Like I, mm-hmm. I just thought it was some nice insight that I I really obviously I had nothing. I didn't know anything about that, but it was cool. Apparently they were really close. He knew how to coach them. You know. And very good music choice, in my opinion, to the Maestro yeah. and Beastie Boys to call that. Uh, some some good music choices when it comes yeah. to uh, the 90s rap they're using for the last dance of right now. So fast forward back to 1998. They're on top of the East, but we still have the lingering questions. What is Jordan doing in a few months? Is Phil Jackson really 100% done after all of this? 
And as we are into January and they're on top of the Eastern Conference, we have a visitor that decides to come back and has given up all of his efforts and is signing a new contract. So we get Scotty Pippen back after 35 games. He realizes that at a certain point in time, it's going to end up with him having to uh, make sure that everything starts coming into play before everything is done. And he doesn't want to get into that certain wow. point in time because, again, as at the end of the day, you're at the mercy of them. They want to make sure that your contract is going to end up being set up. So he comes back after 35 games and joins the Chicago Bulls again. So what happens with that? And what happens with Dennis Rodman's position afterward? We get to that in episode four of the last dance but let's take a quick break and we'll get to episode four after this we got the refugees all stars rubber dubbing in the club why clef john john forte all right so we leave episode three things are looking better in january pippin's back Pippen is more than ready to start continuing the remainder of the season, which is another couple of Thank months God. left for the Chicago Bulls. I'm sure Jordan is very happy, but now the person who's just grinding with for the past two months <laughs> is more than aware that he is now going to go back from the number two position where he was he was enjoying. I mean, it's 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 nice to be right next to Michael Jordan and be able to assist him and learn from Michael um, out of all the different things that he's calling out, offensive schemes, defensive schemes. Now that number two, the solid number two that was there for the past couple of years, now that he is back, you are definitely going back to number three. And you know it what? Is what those, it is. Yeah, those past those past two months were 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 pretty taxing because Bulls were in pretty bad position. They grind all the way back. Now they're top of the Eastern Conference. So Robin's a little tired. Of course. I mean, and I feel like that's understandable, even getting to this point. Pippen's back, but you know, it's like all the all the weight you've been having to carry probably doing things that you know wasn't necessarily in your game they just asked you to do it because of the situation so yeah man shit i'll be tired too so as we discuss the man that rodman's become in these next couple of years when it comes to his style and his influence the bulls are more than aware that this also comes with a certain lifestyle this is not just things <laughs> that you are putting on as and as far as far as gimmicks and putting things on the nba he he lives this this comes yeah, with yeah. this comes with a certain type of uh this comes with a certain type of uh not only affluence but a certain taste he's desire for certain things he's about it so he asks phil jackson I need a vacation middle of the season middle of the season i need a vacation my body hurt, you know. I need two weeks in Vegas. He shouldn't have even said in Vegas. It's like, man, yeah, the, the, like the Vegas ah, shit is my like knee, my knee be hitting. Ah, right. Man. All you gotta do is be like, I'm just gonna be at the crib for a little bit. Yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm just gonna well. kick it at the house. You know what I'm saying? No, y'all, not y'all, at all. y'all can come through whenever. I mean, don't, 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 don't press it to come through. You know, hit me up before you do it. But y'all are more than welcome to come through. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just rest this knee. You know what I'm saying? Pippin's back. Y'all go ahead and hold things down. I'll be more than I'll ready, but, but 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 two weeks definitely. Two. I, I feel like this knee is a is a two week type of hurt. I just need I just need two weeks. Now Jordan's in the corner, eyebrow all the way up to the ceiling. Like Phil, if you give this nigga two weeks, <laughs> we, we are not seeing this nigga for months. <laughs> and Phil's like, ah, oh, come on, come on. Because he's buddy. like, because he's like, look, I know him, man. It's like, yo, I'm telling you, you give him time off, he's not coming. He's, he's not. He's not and feels like, and, oh, and, and he on, said, like, I think Jordan, Jordan was like, yeah, Vegas at that. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't let this man go to Vegas. So you know what I'll do with Vegas? You let Dennis go to Vegas? <laughs> it's a, it's a, we ain't seen anything in July. Jordan dropping month, month to month checks, game checks and shit on Vegas. So Phil's like, oh, come on, Mike. We can, we can give him a little something. How much, how, how much time do you really need to, can you get two weeks done in, in <laughs> no, two what days? Did he say? Cause I think, I think he was like, can you give him a weekend? And he was like, I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah, he was like, see, I said, I'll take it. Like it. I'll take whatever you give me. Like it. So he ends up going out to Vegas. Ends up having an amazing time in Dennis Rodman fashion, I'm sure. Ends up meeting Carmen Electra, which ends up leading to months and months of a relationship. Right. But Carmen Electra in the beginning of episode four. And 
she immediately starts it off with the capital stating, yeah, you know, we were out in Vegas for a certain amount of time, which again ends up eclipsing the 48 hours that Phil Jackson gave him. And she says, you know, I just didn't know the NBA schedule. Listen, I didn't listen. know the, the, the games, the practices. Listen, it's like, you know damn well how much money this man making. You know the type of lifestyle he got just from, you know, he's in the NBA. If y'all, if you, if you don't see he been to a practice in three, four days, you already know something's not right. Come on. So, man. so they start, so they start having their on, moments. Sweetheart. Michael, after forty eight hours, I'm sure he would have went to fell say, "Nigga, I told you so." See that shit? No, oh, no, they, they they didn't show that. They didn't show that part. But he definitely sent the text like, "Yo, I told you not to let him go." Well, shit, he's not he's not sending text at that point in time. I'm sure he's calling calling up Phil's landline. He's like, see, nigga, I fucking told you. <laughs> He's calling fucking the, uh, told the, your ass. The, 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 the car phone. The car phone line. Yep. Phil's like, Phil Jackson here. I told your dumb ass. <laughs> Phil Jackson. No fuck. <laughs> your ass is taking ass. I fucking told your ass he ain't coming back. Now what the fuck? About to go to Vegas my goddamn self. So now Michael is now in an area where he's looking for Dennis. Apparently he goes to wherever De- Dennis is. Carmen is... Pretty butt scared ass at this point in time. In the butt ass naked. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, I, 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 I didn't know what to do. So I just uh I I, I hid I hid bit of this and curled up in some damn fetal position. Michael must have been like, but it's like get, get your dumb ass up. Yeah, I'm about to say, like, like, what is she afraid of? Like <laughs> it's fucking Michael Jordan coming to Michael's gonna burst through the door, cigar in hand. Right. What, what does he do about to so he gets robbed, and the, I'm sure he doesn't even argue at a certain point. Time. I was like, come on, come on, we're going to practice listen, right now. So I don't know who this trip, is. During this trip, right, he went to Vegas to go get Rodman, no? Mm-hmm. Do you think he stopped? <laughs> and, and put some parlays down? <laughs> just real quick. I mean, just he said, he's there. He's already there, right? He's a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, he went to go get him. If he stopped, did a had a hand or two, I'm not. And that's that shit. Hold on. Let me do a little quick pick. I'm already here. here. Maybe, maybe, maybe Stay in the car, nigga. I'm, I got a flight for a few hours, so let's use this shit now. I can see it. So as so as he turns in his a couple of hands and does a little a tiny little bit, he gets Rodman back to practice. Rodman's in pajamas and slides. Yeah. Imagine doing crazy practice. Hungover, probably. Hungover. Everybody's probably giggling at, at, at practice. You already and Robin's in pajamas and slides. So they go into the story of what they had to do for practice just to make sure that Robin doesn't feel like he's all the way at the very end. Gets Robin a little bit more into it. Gets Robin into more of a focus, even though he has just had a, an exciting couple of nights out in Vegas. And after a while, Phil Jackson pretty much understood. He knew that the type of person that Dennis Robin is comes with certain things. Uh, they had the ability to give him those couple of days out in Vegas. I'm sure special, that type of... He's a hard worker. Yeah. He's, he's going to grind for you every time, but you also have to understand what comes with him. You know, having... Yeah. Hey, man, you can't have that type of relationship with every coach you have. You know what I'm saying? Like, it has to be a special situation for a coach to even allow some shit like that. Like, you saw you saw what happened to Waiters. Yeah, the, uh, exactly. He's a perfect, perfect example yes, of that. Sir. If that yes, waiter situation happens in 1998, <laughs> no cell phones... Unless you're that guy that has a video camera and seeing waiters damn near carried off a damn plane, comatose from a fucking uh, from a fucking brownie or cookie or whatever the hell it was, that type of thing with Robin out in Vegas ends up getting exposed immediately mm-hmm. in 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 2020. So yeah. in Robin's case, thankfully nobody was able to document a lot of things that were going out in Las Vegas at that point in time, but. Phil took in many different things differently when it came to these. Things. You could, he could have been the angry coach, and be like, "What the fuck? You were out in Vegas doing what? Let me check your fucking nose. What the hell?" But he take he took in many different philosophies differently. Uh, we're well aware of the Phil Jackson of the New York Knicks of the 1970s, so we get some Knicks clips in a positive manner, unfortunately. But we got some stories of Phil Jackson taking acid. Running around like a lion in Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, I, I read about that stuff. Yeah, we've heard some things of Phil Jackson and his and his love of opiates, but yeah, um, he was a hippie. He was a hippie. Yeah, exactly, and that opened up his mind to many different things. We saw the different things that he liked between himself and Dennis Rodman, but we get some backstory of uh, Phil Jackson after being a player in the NBA up to his coaching life in the nineteen. 19- 
uh, 80s, the early 80s. Um, the trials that came with that were okay, but we end up getting into an area where Jerry Krause and Phil Jackson begin to build a nice relationship. So he ends up being an assistant to Doug Collins uh, in the 1980s as he is trying to get Jordan back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Our first glimpse at the infamous triangle offense comes from when we uh, start looking at Tex Winter, and Tex Winter comes on as an assistant to the Chicago Bulls, uh, but they don't really seem too highly interested in the triangle offense. At least Doug Collins wasn't. Yeah, um, he was not fucking with this shit. Like. Yeah, he was just like, man, who the fuck, man? Take this shit out of my face. Sit your ass over there. New basketball, man. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Swinging the ball over the place. Revolutionary. Man. He's like, but, but Doug, there's 300 different combos you could do with this shit. Nigga, <laughs> get yeah. this shit out of my damn face. I got, I, got, I got 300 combos for you. Throw this shit to Michael 300 <laughs> he times. Said, he, said, he said, nigga. That's what yeah, nigga. <laughs> I got 300 combos for your ass. <laughs> Throw that shit to Michael and get the fuck out of the way, nigga. <laughs> That's exactly what he was saying. Nigga. Move out of the way. I got 300 combos for you, nigga. Left and right hands. That's what you talking about. <laughs> so Tex goes over to the side, ends up still assisting um, along with Phil Jackson. But after a while, Doug starts feeling that Phil is on his way. Yeah. And on his way specifically to take his position. Um the interviewers and the journalists try and get a little bit more out of Doug with that. He they doesn't were. really go into. He doesn't they really. He, yeah, he's like, hey, what do you mean by that? No, oh, what's your, what, what are you? Uh, what, are, what are you talking about there? And I Doug's like, like, I like, I, I, like I like his composure, man. He kept his composure. Yeah, he was like, I, I tell y'all, I tell yeah, y'all I shit. I just felt like he was gonna get the job. Yeah, that's real. That's real. So after they lose to the Pistons again in uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, they get Phil Jackson in nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. Collins is fired, and now we have Phil Jackson. So they end up implementing an offense that's a little bit different from what Doug Collins had for Michael, which Michael specifically said that now he's not the biggest fan at a certain point in the time, but we are now in an area with Michael Jordan and the NBA media that he's starting to get a decent amount of backlash. What what did he do? To me, you know. He was at that point where, you know, what, did they, what were they saying? He's just going to get the scoring title and be knocked out the playoffs, nothing else. Yeah, he's uh, a scorer. He's going to be able to do everything for right. himself, but not for the best of other players, especially and, for his teammates to be able to get right. past the Pistons. But what this did was, I mean, he compromised, but it was so little in the grand scheme of, like, his career. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, him doing something which some players cannot even do today and that's falling back just a little bit uh, and expanding your game overall. And that's what this did for him. Yeah, it's a very hard concept when you're at that, the, the status that at least Michael Jordan was as far as being the number one option and taking over but the players, team. Players should look at that as, you know, motivation even today. You know, one of the one, considered one of the greatest of all time even had to take a step back, even if it wasn't a grand step back. Yeah, you know, but it was still a step back for him, and other players had to get involved. Yeah, it was something that was necessary for changing things, and thankfully for Phil Jackson's case, they ended up going back to the Eastern Conference Finals, which is very good. But they end up in a seventh game facing the Detroit Pistons once again, and Michael doesn't seem very happy when the uh, interview asked. That was the uh, the migraine game, right? And he's yeah, like, yeah, "Yeah, it was." That was a goddamn migraine game. Migraine game. So they start getting into the details of what happens with Scottie Pippen. Oh, man, Scottie and his, I, I can't see. I can't yeah, see. Nigga, I can't see. I, I, I mean, see, you and I have dealt with, with, with issues when it comes to recording. Yeah, exactly. We've okay. dealt with the issues when it comes to recording and doing migraines. I've had 2020 migraines. I don't know what migraines were back then. And I know, you know, there's very fast medicine nowadays where, you know, yeah. migraine, you can get rid of in about 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but dog, like I don't know, man. I, I'm I've never had a migraine to a point where I couldn't see, but uh, you know I experienced vertigo. I have episodes every now and then, mm-hmm. and those are pretty awful. But he was saying that he, his migraine was so bad that he couldn't see, and I'm like, I don't know what I don't know what was going on with him at that. Yeah, point. and we're not we're not we're not uh... not saying he was lying. I mean, he could he could have been telling the truth 100. percent I just I have no idea, like. You know, if it was concussion based, you know, maybe maybe he got hit. I don't I don't know. Exactly. We're also not lacing up our boots to go up against damn Joe Dumars and Dennis Rodman and, hey, and, and, and Rick Horn and all that. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. So the lights are flashing. Scotty cannot see. He's throwing terrible, terrible passes, turning the ball over. And 
Unfortunately for the Bulls, they end up losing in seven games. Again, this ends up being the Pistons' second championship in a row. Uh, Michael is completely devastated, crying to his dad. Uh, is very, very frustrated because now this is the third year in a row that you lose to the Detroit Pistons and end up getting beat up once again in bad fashion. So I'm sure he's tired of getting Tombstone on his head. Absolutely. It's got to be uh, Speaking of heads, I realize that Horace Green has a really small ass head as he as they discuss this nineteen ninety. I, uh, I know you've been waiting for this. Eastern, it was a it was a small. I mean, I've seen abnormally small head. Yeah, I've seen Horace Grant before in many different points in times as I started learning about Michael Jordan as a kid and I saw the big the big uh uh, uh the big goggles and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize his head was so fucking small. But that 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 threw me off for a loop. So now. Michael is crying. Uh, his dad is trying to give him some advice, saying that, you know, this is part of the process. You're going to be able to figure this out. Yeah, and, and we'll, the process. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and as much as I hate that phone quote. And you'll, <laughs> you'll be able to get things back. So first thing Michael says is, you know what? I don't want to go on a summer break. I don't want to do none of that. I'm going to the gym. And he puts on a good amount of muscle, starts weightlifting, because mm-hmm. if he's going to fight these Detroit Pistons again, he wants to be able to come with some ammo. And that becomes the big focus going into the 1990-1991 season because they end up reaching the Detroit Pistons once again in the Eastern Conference Finals. But now yeah. they have a Scottie Pippen that is very pissed the way last year went out in Game 7. Michael Jordan, who is insanely yeah, focused like, on this. Yeah, it's not a good situation for the Pistons to be in. I feel like you know everything rolled over. What I don't like seeing is this whole dialogue about the Pistons were the one to push Jordan to the next level. I mean, I just think he pushed himself to the next level, to be honest with you. I mean, I mean, how many times is a player going to get thrown down on the ground before he puts on muscle to be like, stop fucking doing this shit. Not, not just stop bodying me, but I'm also going to, I'm going to destroy you offensively. Yeah, and, and you know I won't I won't I won't really take all the credit away from from the bad boys Pistons because again no, I mean, you, you, you get your ass whooped three years in a row. Yeah, I mean you're gonna you're gonna strive for more, but I'm just saying at the end of the day, like he still is who he was. But yeah, it helped him get to the next level. But it's not they don't they know I'm not giving them responsibility and hope for that. And as I watched the clips that came to the series, I realized Lambeer is such a fucking pussy. Oh my god, this shit was getting crazy. So they end up sweeping the Detroit Pistons and the Bulls. Very Sweet. happy to be able to get past the Detroit, especially in this fashion, because they want to start getting into a mindset where they don't want to get too upset at the fouls. Don't give the referees, don't give anybody any form of any form of life to try and give anything in the Pistons favor. Cause as soon as you do that focus, a shift and you could have a fourth year where they fall to the Pistons once again, but they sweep the Pistons. And that the biggest story that awful. Can you imagine if, if they lost for the fourth year in a row and Bro. the and the noise gets louder this, about Jordan? This, this uh this documentary might not be a thing right now, man. This might not be a exactly. thing. Exactly. Right Absolutely. Now the biggest story that comes out of that is the fact that the Detroit Pistons uh on game four as they are getting swept in bad fashion. Seconds are passing at the very end as the game is beginning to to close out and the Detroit Pistons, as they are now heading home and not going to the NBA oh. finals to face the Lakers. Uh, once again, they walk off the court. Don't say walk anything to any Bulls. Mm-hmm. No handshakes. No good games. No good series. How, how uh, they walk off. About it. How you, see, I feel how Jordan felt. You know, him explaining that situation is like even when we lost. You know, we shook their hands. It's like, yo, if you beat a team that many times in such a high pressure situation, right? And if you lose finally to them in a sweep situation, whatever, and you don't want to shake their hands, my thing is like, yo, you guys have had all the fucking banter to throw at the Bulls for years now. Mm-hmm. The least you can do losing this once is shake their hands. It's a hard, it's a hard pill to swallow, especially for Isaiah Thomas, and I'm sure that burned all forms of bridges when it came to Isaiah and Michael Jordan. They still seem pretty cordial, but I, you saw <clears throat> Michael's face up. when it came to when it came to the quotes on this and i really liked the things that came from john paxson when it came to how the bulls felt when it came to the pistons because you know what as much as their players are also fans as well and they watch things that happen uh in these playoff series so you see what happened a couple years ago with boston and detroit detroit had to get over a certain hump as far as beating boston they couldn't beat boston and he calls out the specific series where 
what's the best terminology for it? I guess respect when it comes to finally being the team to lose. And Isaiah immediately called that out and said, you know what? Nah, they were walking off and I had to pull Kevin McHale to the side and start talking to him before he actually started dabbing up the rest of us and saying good series and, and leaving out. So he didn't feel the best about that, but he said, you know, had we known at the time of the backlash with the piss, yeah. blah, 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 we would have, we definitely would have done it. First off, you ha- you seem to be very comfortable in the fact that you are crashing parties and being the bad boys. Now all of a sudden yeah. we realize that it comes you with can't. terrible media. Now you can't we would have done body. it. Yeah, that's what I said. You can't be hard body like that and be the bad boys of the league and all this and get and get swept and not show respect to the team. That's I mean, it's just it doesn't make any sense. Like it makes you, it makes you, it makes it feel like the whole that whole gimmick was a facade. Like you know, you y'all were only hard. Uh, until until you, you got knocked in the mouth until you got knocked in the mouth and it took four right. years to do it in first right. it took so, four years so, to do it in the first place i know but that's my point the fact that it took four years i would have no issue shake i mean it's like hey hey they got us they finally yeah. yeah they got us it is what it is we've had it we had a great run against them we've handled our business against them every time for the past four years they got us show your respect and move on why be i mean i'm not gonna be salty about it i just you know i mean i'm gonna be i lost the game i, I got swept so obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna be hurt, but the fact that I've been the big brother for the past four years, you know, pushing these niggas out of these high pressure situations, yeah, you gotta show respect. And with that, I was very glad that Michael called that out as immediate bullshit he because did. he did. Now we have to focus on the NBA finals between Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan, yeah. which was a very big focus for Jordan's point because he wanted to get into an area where he could fit into the category yeah. of Magic and Bird. He had no love- championships to his name magic's perspective on all this too you know him him realizing how big him and bird were to the league yeah knowing that you know this was jordan's moment and you know i may be skipping ahead a little bit but uh what he said you know after in 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 magic's post interview after losing um that finals what he said was just so like i i I probably gained even more respect for him because i personally never seen that but you know him saying hey you know if I wanted to lose to anybody, it's him. You know, it's Michael yeah. Jordan. Like, I respect that shit so much, him just saying that, because it takes a lot of fucking balls to say some shit like that, like, you know, after losing the big one. Exactly. Uh, Magic has seen plenty of uh, plenty of these types of situations in his career in these NBA finals, but he took it in very nice fashion. Jordan ends up winning his first championship. Shout out to John Paxson for doing very well in that yeah. entire series where Jordan starts realizing that it's 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 comforting to start yeah. knowing that you can confide what, what in your teammates and trust game? your teammates. Like 20, 20, what do you have in that last game? He had a decent amount. All I remember was Paxson, Paxson, yeah. Paxson. Yeah. yeah. So the Bulls end up winning in five. You get the 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 quote that uh, was called out in true. Uh, it's it's a quote that I should have expected from the last dance where you see Phil Jackson walk over to Mike and say, you did it the right way. And they keep it as the caption. I'm like, all right. All right. Whatever. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like. I'm sure you can go into many different types yeah, of areas with that. But with yeah, that. I, hey, man. Look. There, there is no, there is no wrong way to do it, man. I just want to put that out there. I really feel that way. I don't care who you join up with. If you, I don't care if you got traded. If you demanded a trade, the league is the league. Period. Yeah, that quote Let's is definitely get to get to get uh, argued about within this past week. So I know, bro. I know, bro. But I had to get, I had to get that out, man. It's like it's too many excuses. It is what it is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if a superstar goes and plays with another superstar. Hey, man, it's the league. That that superstar had the decision, you know, to be to become a free agent and and you know go wherever he wanted to go. If they got traded, they got traded. If they got drafted to that team, all three of them, whatever, they got drafted. It just mm-hmm. that's the situation. Now, 1991, fast forwards back into 1998, we get Jordan being green as shit on the plane, uh, yes, calling out Scott Burrell. Hopefully, that has <laughs> not ended any relationships between Scott Burrell, uh, but Jerry Krause is doing the same. Uh, as much as things are looking nice in January. He starts looking at the quotes that come from Michael Jordan and say, hey, I'm true. I'm, I'm, I'm being for real. I'm not playing for any other coach. I hope y'all not think I'm kidding. And Kraus says, you know what? If Jordan does it, man, you know what? This is what it is. Whatever. He can go ahead. So oh, now yeah. that goes into February 4th of 1998 with the Bulls and the Jazz, which ends up being a finals rematch with the 1997 NBA Finals. But Jazz destroyed them. Sweep the season series. And now we go into episode five wondering, is this 
really going to be the end of the Chicago Bulls? And if it is the end, does it end up being an area where they lose to the team that they beat in 1997? John Stockton, Carmelo, looking completely amazing as they sweep the Chicago Bulls in that series. But what should we expect going into the NBA playoffs? And that is where we end in episode four. So all in all, I ended up liking the backstories that come from that. But now we have a few things that could end up going back in these next few backstories. We still have, if they want to go back into deeper stories, we have 92 with the Blazers, 93 with the Suns. You can get some Barkley quotes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Six with Gary Payton. And yep. then we have 97 and 98. What comes from that? So still some very good things that could come from the rest of this season for 1998 with the Chicago Bulls. And I'm very happy to be able to know that I could still learn a whole lot more because there's still things that I'm learning, but yeah, still no, a lot, a lot. Glad to be in 1998 as all of this is happening. So thank you to everybody for tuning in for another week of the last dance. We will come back to you next week for episode five and episode six of the last dance as they come on next Sunday, but be sure to know that we will be on next Monday as well to discuss episodes five and six. So until then we will see you next week. Uh, Rest in peace to rest in peace to Howard Finkel, a big loss on WWE this past week as we're talking about 1998. And um, should I even should I even attempt a should I even attempt an outro? I don't know if I could do Fink. I don't know if I could do Fink. Hold on, ladies. Nah, hold on. I need a swig of water. Hold on, swig of water, and then outro us out. All right, let's do it like this, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you appreciate episodes three and four of the last. No, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to episodes three and four of The Last Dance. Be sure to tune in next week with the Platinum Chanel Boy and my man MC in The Last Dance solely on... No, I can't. I can't do it. This is pretty good, bro. When you said, said, hey, man, not bad. Seven out of ten. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to episode two of The Last Dance. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of RSPN Uncensored here on RNC <laughs> Radio. I got to work on it. I got to work on it. We'll see you all next week. Yeah.